You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Do we have a good show for you today? Our featured guest is Baba Ram. Baba is the author of his latest book, Warrior Pose, so stay tuned. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, our longest and dearest sponsor, and our newest sponsor, Center Club of Costa Mesa. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. As I said, we have a focused and featured guest today. His name is Baba Ram, and we're going to start talking about the content, the inspiration for his book. But first, we're going to take a short commercial time out here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be back in less than three minutes, so stay tuned. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willie of Fidelity National Financial to name a few. In short, we were bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member FDIC. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. 
Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As I said in the open, Bava Ram, author of Warrior Pose, is our featured guest today. Bava, welcome to the program. Rick, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you here and the opportunity to share your life story a bit with our audience of CEOs across the country, as well as talk about the content and inspiration for your book. But let's first start by asking you, could you give the audience a little context for your life and in your background? If you could do that, I think I think the audience would find that interesting and enjoyable. Well, the first part of my life was very different than what it is now. It's almost like two lives. I was a journalist in broadcast news. I worked my way up from small market television stations across the country, ultimately up to NBC Network News as a foreign war correspondent. And, Rick, this was the greatest life in the whole world to me. It completely identified who I was. It gave my life meaning and fulfillment on all levels. And I think back in those days, if you looked up type A in the dictionary, you would have seen my picture there. Because my mantra back then was, I'm going to work longer and harder than anybody else. I knew I was in a highly competitive field and there were a lot of people who had educations at finer universities or for more upper-class families. So I had no illusions that I was better than anyone else, and I set out to work harder than anybody else. Served me really well around the world, and but I was in Afghanistan in 1986 when the Soviets were waging a war there. I was up with the freedom fighters in the mountains and in the refugee camps, and I took a rare vacation after that. I went down to the Bahamas to paradise after this horrible war and laid in the sun for five or six days. And on the final night, a big storm came up and looked like it could turn into a hurricane. It was a very remote island. I was battening down storm windows. And the last window, the handles were stuck. I twisted hard, and I fell off a ledge about 12 feet. And I cracked the lowest vertebra in my spine. I slammed so hard into the ground that I thought I might die from not being able to breathe. Wow. I was a little numb. I didn't even feel the pain. And I got up the next morning, and boy, did I feel the pain. But I'm going to work longer and harder than anyone else. And I got up. I gritted my teeth. I thought about all the suffering I'd seen around the world and said, get over yourself. You'll be better tomorrow. But tomorrow didn't come. I spent the next seven years hiding the secret that I was in excruciating pain, going through deserts and mountains and wars and revolutions and insurrections and traveling incredibly long distances. And this pain just kept eating away at me. The only way that I dealt with it was I started chewing painkillers and muscle relaxers and drinking a little bit more heavily every night. So my career continued to skyrocket around the world, but my mental 
and my physical health were just plummeting. And then one day, after seven years of this, after being the frontline correspondent for all the networks in the first Gulf War, I was in charge of all Asia, living in a beautiful home on the peak in Hong Kong, and it all came crashing down around me. How did that happen, Baba? Well, I was on assignment in the Philippines, and I leaned over after a long, hard day of work in some rough areas and in a luxury hotel to look at videotape with my editor on that lowest vertebra in my spine that had always had this hairline fracture in it that had caused me so much pain, cracked wider open. Wow. Started to cut into my spinal cord. I howled like a feral cat and blacked out and subsequently was brought back to the United States for major, major back surgery. Back to Southern California where I live. And the surgery failed. And I was declared permanently disabled. So I went literally overnight from having this global life where I felt fully expressed to being confined to a body brace from my sternum down to my hips with a metal band running down my left leg attached by a strap at my knee. And I couldn't even sit up to eat a meal. I hobbled around with a cane. Now Vicodin, Prozac, Valium, Ritalin, and four or five other medications that I can't even remember or could pronounce the names. And I started going into this incredible darkness, Richard, because not only was the pain more excruciating after a failed surgery, but the emotional pain was unbearable. I had lost who I was. Right. I no longer had an identity. And in the prime of my life, I felt I had no life left whatsoever. I drank more heavily. I medicated like you can't believe and felt there was no hope in the world left for me. That's a dark place. That's a dark place. Wow. So, okay, that, happily, that's not the end of the story. Take us through what was yet to come for you, Baba, because I, I, I know from experience with you that there were even more challenges ahead of, of you in your life. Well, I lived, I lived for four more years that way, Rick. And I gained 80, 90 pounds because I kept eating uh, meat and potatoes, foreign correspondence diet, but I'm lying around on the couch all day, drinking and taking drugs. And four years into this, my only child, my little son, was born, and a light went on inside of me. I thought, well, I do have an identity. I have to step it up here. I'm going to be a daddy, and maybe I'll never kick a soccer ball or carry him on my shoulders. But by gosh, I'm going to be a daddy, and it gave me hope in life. And three months into that, and this beautiful child came into my life, I got sick and sicker and sicker and was ultimately diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and metastasized throughout my lymphatic system from exposure to depleted uranium in the Persian Gulf War years earlier. Jeez. Started in my throat, went throughout my body, and my doctors told me, you will not live for two years. You need to get your affairs in order. And here's morphine to go along <laughs> with this arsenal of drugs I was all already taking. Wow. And the pain of that was tougher than anything I had faced yet. Not that I was going to die, but that the guilt that I felt that I was going to leave this beautiful little boy's life. And that now there really was no hope whatsoever. And so what had been sort of a 
descending process into the darkness of the cave of my life became a free fall. Mm. Okay. The, the people here in the studio, and there's several people here are who are hearing your story for the first time, are uh, expressing themselves with um, kind of a combination of shock and, and maybe awe, bad, bad phraseology on my part, but nonetheless. And, and I'm sure those of you listening in the live audience... Um, uh, maybe two, if you haven't heard uh, Baba's story before. So, so take us on to the next leg of your journey, Baba. Well, I know it's been pretty depressing so far, and I hope the people listening and in the studio with you aren't feeling too dark themselves. Finally, the year 2000 was about to dawn, and I had basically pushed everyone out of my life because chronic pain changes your whole personality. It makes you negative. I really became a master of anger, self-pity, and fear, and anxiety, and depression, except with that little boy. That was the only place I had peace. He had just turned two years old before 2000, and he came to me, and I could see in his face suddenly, he knows, in his own little two-year-old boy way, he knows something is really desperately wrong with Daddy. And he looked at me, he had a little tear in his eye, and he spoke three words that would ultimately change my whole life, that cracked me wide open. Get up, Daddy. Hmm. And it hit me in a place, Richard, that I didn't even know that I had. Right. Like some sort of energetic spear right into the center of my chest. And as the New Year's dawned, this mantra looped through my mind, get up, Daddy, but how I have a broken back. And get up, Daddy, but how I'm dying of cancer. And finally, after the new year began, I did decide with my family that what I needed to do was to get off all the booze and all the drugs. And one day, someone would tell my little boy, your daddy answered your prayer in the only way that he could. He died with dignity. Wow. So I checked into a rehab facility here at Scripps Hospital in Southern California. Boy, was that an experience. I detoxed cold turkey off of uh, 14 years of heavy medications and alcohol. And I can tell you that all the demons of Dante's Inferno are real because they checked in with me and tore at me in so many ways. I crawled out of there dazed and confused, in more pain than ever because the drugs were wearing off and wondering, what the heck do I do now? And they came to me, the doctors, and said, we have a new experimental pain program. We can't help you with the cancer, but maybe we can help you keep off the drugs until the cancer has its way with you. It's ancient Eastern healing modalities and modern Western holistic, Western holistic techniques. I didn't even understand what they were saying. And I just said, I am all in. <laughs> I started the next morning. I took a nearby hotel. I had to have a driver because at this point I'm so dazed that I can't even drive a car. And I really couldn't drive much anyway with a body brace on. And the very first thing I did was called biofeedback, which I know you're familiar with. They hook you up to electrodes, take your skin temperature, brain waves, heart rate, and they play you a guided visualization, a guided meditation the soothing, deep voice came on, and over the next 20 minutes through natural imagery, for the very first time, I think, in my adult life, gave me permission to let go, to relax. 
And at the end of this, all of my vital signs were different. They looked better on the computer monitors. And I had a different taste inside my body, like the taste of bitterness and pain was gone. And like, get up daddy, it was, I realized I have a role to play rather than letting all this happen to me. I have a role to play to take charge of my life for whatever time I have left. I went back to the hotel. I ordered the book, had it FedExed overnight, written by this doctor of mind-body medicine that I had heard his audio tape there and biofeedback. And I think one of the very first chapters was written exclusively for me. It said, it's time for you to buck it up, mm. to stand up and take responsibility for your life and stop being the victim. And I began to move as best as I could in that direction. About a month into it, they said, you're ready for therapeutic yoga. I had never done yoga in my life. The cynical, jaded foreign correspondent would scoff at such nonsense. I had always been the stiffest, most inflexible person, even in the prime of my life when I was big and strong. I walked into the yoga room, and truly, it was epiphany number three. Wow. This voice that had been cracked open at my heart center by my little boy's plea said, this is it. My ego voice says, this is what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I chose to listen to my deeper self and chose to embrace whatever was possible here. Went back to the hotel again, ordered as many books as the concierge could find on yoga, and I soon learned yoga just isn't yoga postures. That's just a small but beautiful and essential part of the science of how to be a human being. That right. Yoga is an ancient, complete mind-body-spirit science, and it has so many different aspects. And I started to read them and implement them into my life and make for the first time since I broke my back some progress. And the pain center closed. Oh my insurance God. companies wouldn't reimburse them for the treatment. They called it too kooky, <laughs> alternative care. I knew three people in the program. Two went back to drugs and alcohol. My best friend in the program took his own life. Oh, that's a shame. And I went home to San Diego where I live, and I built a yoga room in my house, and I devoted myself to all of these ancient practices for hours and hours on end every day. Hey, Baba, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought right there because I think we're at a good point. We're going to need to take a short time out, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere because we're going to be back in less than three minutes continuing to talk about Baba Ram's life and the content of his book, Warrior Pose. You're listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. 
with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our featured guest today is Bob Aram, and we're talking about the contents of his book, Contents of his book, Warrior Pose. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 13,000 shows last month, and we here at the program appreciate your growing and continued support. All of our shows, of course, can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and other business-oriented podcasting sites. All right, Baba, when we last left you, you were beginning to discover and work on yourself through yoga. Can you tell us how did that epiphany lead to other improvements in your life? Well, as I said before, yoga is a complete science of how to be a human being, so much more than the yoga postures that most of us think of as yoga. It's taking charge of your mind and actually changing your inner chemistry through the power of positive thinking and taking charge of what you put in your body as well. So I went from that meat and potatoes diet to a whole food plant-based diet. I actually became vegan. I called it my organic chemotherapy. And I did ancient yoga fasting programs for long periods at a time, all on my own, reducing my body weight to further purify. Breath work and meditation, changing 80 pounds off my body during this process. And through the meditations and the affirmations, taking a 1,000 pounds of emotional weight off my body and changing all those negative thoughts for forgiveness and acceptance and gratitude and loving kindness. And through this process, everything started to change in me. 
I actually created a different inner chemistry. The fight and flight neurochemicals of stress, cortisol, and adrenaline were changed to the rest and restore and heal inner neurochemicals of oxytocin and epinephrine and dopamine. So I was healing emotionally and physically all of this time, and we now know there's tremendous evidence that a vegetarian diet helps combat the growth of cancer cells. So two years through this process, my body becoming more flexible all the time, and my mind and my emotions and my outlook on life becoming dramatically more flexible and balanced as well, I became healed and whole. The back pain went away. Two years into it, the cancer was completely gone from my body. And, Richard, I've never looked back, and I knew because of that experience that I would devote the rest of my life to sharing the message that we all have this power inside of us, that I didn't do anything unique or remarkably special, that if someone as broken and dark as I was could do this, don't let anyone tell themselves that they can't, because each of us was born with an incredible inner power, a capacity to turn the obstacles and challenges in our lives into opportunities to find out who we truly are on the very most authentic level and ultimately to manifest our fullest potential. And now as the founder with my new wife of Deep Yoga here in San Diego, we've worked with thousands of students and clients and seen people remarkably change their lives for the better by embracing these practices that the true deeper practices of yoga have to offer. It's utterly transformational, and it's something I've chosen to devote the rest of my life to. And that's really why I wrote Warrior Pose, a war correspondence memoir, How Yoga Literally Saved My Life, to share that message as far and wide as possible. little good news here, recently in the past few weeks, we signed a contract with a Hollywood-based movie producer, and it looks like in a few years, Warrior Pose will be a full-length feature film as well. Well, you must be very proud of that. Well, I'm just thankful that it will help share the message. Okay. Uh, and the whole practice of yoga let me get over being too proud about anything and excellent. helped me get over a, a lot of the ego that characterized me earlier and has given me more humility and compassion. But if I have other venues to get this message out, I feel really good about that. So your school is Deep Yoga School of Healing Arts, correct? Mm-hmm. And yes. can you can you explain to me and to our audience what the term deep in the name means, Deep Yoga School of Healing Arts in San Diego? Because we seek to go far beyond the yoga postures that you'll find in most yoga practice here in the West and to go deep back into this incredible ancient wisdom and make it relevant and accessible and understandable to our modern lives. We call our programs Mastery of Life. So we help people remake their lives in the ways that they really dream of, to empower themselves slowly but surely and consistently through all of these ancient tools and techniques that yoga and its sister science of Ayurveda, the medical system of yoga, have to offer. My wife and I are both graduates of India's greatest Ayurveda Academy now as well. We train yoga teachers. We train people in mastery of life. We 
We do a host of trainings and retreats worldwide. We teach in India. I'll be leading a retreat to Machu Picchu in Peru in November. And here in San Diego, I'll be teaching at the Yoga Journal Conference in July, which is a remarkable opportunity to see practitioners from around the world and, and really get to learn more about what all of this has to offer. Baba, let me let me ask you a little bit because may, uh, you know this audience are my audience are CEOs of of lower middle market firms and maybe they don't have a broken back or maybe they're not currently suffering from stage four cancer. But you talked about stress and the the, the debilitating effect that has on your body. Uh, and and my sense is if they if they have a common ailment uh, across my listening audience, it may be. The levels of stress are unhealthful in their life because of the level of responsibility that they have. So in your in your practice, Deep Yoga School of Healing Arts, how do you help leaders of companies and leaders in general cope with what has become epidemic of stress here in, in the United States and in Western civilization? It's so true. It really is epidemic, as you know, and it's a leading contributor to heart disease, to cancer, to stroke, and a whole host of other ailments that claim hundreds of thousands of lives here in our country alone every year. I actually work and do executive coaching with major medical teaching schools and executive groups, and the techniques that we use are we explore the philosophy and the psychology of making a shift in our life and how we act skillfully as opposed to react to the challenges in our life learning how to breathe more deeply and fully, learning how to settle the mind down and focus so we can look for the more positive solution rather than fall into the reaction of being frustrated when our occupation and the people that work for us start to overwhelm us. And through all of these practices, we can approach everything in a much calmer manner, and that always leads to a better outcome. Interesting you mentioned breathing and deep breath. Uh, it is one of the easiest techniques, right, for a CEO of a middle market company to adopt. And, and I myself marvel at the times when I remember to use breath to cleanse myself, how, how powerful it changes the physiology that I have personally just from the conscious act of slowing down and, and managing my breath and allowing myself to breathe more deeply. It is amazing medicine. There are no negative side effects, and you don't need a doctor's prescription. <laughs> it really does take you out of that fight-flight stressful mode that we're in most of our days, and a short breath is a manifestation of that. And the minute you start breathing more deeply, it's a signal to your primal body that there is no threat to your life, that you don't have to be in a fight-or-flight state. And the minute you move into that state, it's called the parasympathetic nervous system, all of your organs start to recalibrate. Your entire energy system starts to come to a state of what we call homeostasis in Western medicine. And in that state, you have more mental clarity. When you're deep breathing also, you're oxygenating your body more. We all know that one of the ways we almost instinctively release stress is we just go... Ah, I can't take it anymore. That deep, full exhale gives us a sense of relief. So if we can remember that we have this invisible tool always with us when we're in a stressful situation and just start to consciously take deeper and fuller breaths and then ask ourselves, 
rather than react to the circumstance in a way that I might have habituated myself to reacting, how can I just take a look and seek the skillful response and the best outcome that I can? Because a stressed out response really has never fixed anything. You can scream and yell and pound the steering wheel all day long when you have a flat tire, and it won't fix the tire. (laughs) Right? You have to move past that reactive state and move into the skill and action state. And the sooner you do, the better the result. And also, Richard, you know, these people that are listening, I know a lot of your followers are running significant businesses. And when you're calmer, your employees are calmer and they become more productive. There are so many scientific studies that prove this, that if someone is filled with stress and complaining and aggravated, it actually starts to destroy the brain cells of those around them. Wow. And if somebody is peaceful and compassionate and accepting and understanding and encouraging, it actually increases the positive inner chemistry in all of the people around them. So just by being someone as a manager of many people who is more relaxed and more at peace and more conscious and more gracious, you affect your workforce in so many positive, unseen ways that it can be remarkable. You know, I'm curious, and maybe this this question is a little bit off base, but have you ever, um, are you ever tempted, does the other uh, does Brad Willis, uh, Bava, ever show himself in in your life today at all? Do you ever sense that that person is, you know, coming back in a way that, you know, you, you need to work on? That's a great question. You know, I changed my name to Baba Ram. It's an Indian name, and it means a pure state of being in the heart. And I know some people think that's kooky. But, you know, if the Pope can change his name and Lady Gaga can change her <laughs> name, I figure, you know, I can too. It's your name. And, uh, yeah. It reminds me that I'm not always in a pure state of being in the heart, that this is something always that I'm moving towards. I'm under no illusion that I walk on water or that because I've done this, I'm somehow an enlightened being. It's a daily, daily journey, Richard, and every morning I get at this part of my practice before sunrise, and one of the very first things I do as I'm breathing and meditating and starting to move my body is I, in my own way, I release my ego. I remind myself, let me realize that I'm not the master of the universe, that I'm not in charge of everything. Let me be humble and gracious. Let me be skillful and action and not reactive. Let me do everything I can to see the best in everyone else. And when I forget and when the old, more type A, ego-driven personality rears up its head, as it does sometimes, let me remember and see that earlier and move back towards that pure state of being in the heart as soon as I can. Mm. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking as well about um, listening to your answer that one of the things that I know that CEOs and leaders of lower middle market companies suffer from is the feeling of isolation. I, I do a talk on it. I've written uh, a research paper against it, that even though you've, you're surrounded with people as the boss, you have this sense of distance and disconnection from them because you have to almost, or at least you feel that you have to, 
to be an effective leader of the company and to be able to make the kind of decisions that are expected of you and that the people around you never forget that you're the boss. And so that relationship can be challenging between you and your people. In your experience and how you help executives in your coaching practice, do you have any advice, Baba, for people who are now feeling, even if they're running large organizations, kind of isolated from their employees and from their own life? Well, I do. The first thing is the practice of coming into a state of greater compassion and acceptance and forgiveness and understanding. And we have to do that ritualized on a daily basis, just like we have to brush our teeth every day. If we don't brush our teeth every day, a lot of bad things start to happen. And we can't just say, oh, I know it's nice to brush my teeth and not do it. And we can't just say, oh, I know about being more compassionate and so forth. We have to practice it. And when we do, it enhances over time our integrity. And I would think that most people who are bosses and have people under them would want the respect of those people because they have integrity and they are conscious and the people feel that they are compassionate and understanding even though sometimes they have to you know, implement discipline rather than seeing them as the boss that they have to be fearful of. And unfortunately, the paradigm all too often in our modern capitalist world is that people are fearful of their employers, and that creates resentment, and that diminishes the work capacity. So while that distance needs to be kept, it doesn't have to be this distance in which there is fear and anger and resentment. It can be a distance in which is the distance is the integrity of your position and the grace in which you carry yourself. And that in and of itself makes you feel less disconnected from the people that work for you. Excellent. Um, we're almost up against our next commercial break. So it, l let me um, conclude our time together, Baba, by asking uh, if people would like to purchase Warrior Pose to really go in a deeper level on the, the story that you just basically touched upon here today, how do they get your book? The Warrior Pose is available on Amazon.com and you know, Kindle downloads in the book as well and every major bookseller online and in many, many major bookstores across the country as well. If they want to learn more about what we do, they can come to deepyoga.com, deepyoga.com, and learn about everything that we have to offer and be in touch. And um, I, I'd love to hear from anybody and be in touch if they can. Well, I, I really appreciate you giving of your time and a bit of your story with our audience today. Um, it, it's such a fascinating uh, story to listen to and inspiring on a lot of levels, and I wish you nothing but the greatest of good fortune for you and uh, your family, your son, clearly, who's now 16. Yes, your son? He's now 16, and he just got his own TV show on the local cable TV here in Coronado Island, where I live. Get out of town. That must, that's wonderful. I, and I never, I never encouraged him to be in journalism. So <laughs> I, I am absolutely proud of him. And all that back at you. I, I wish you all blessings in your personal and professional life. You're doing wonderful work, and it's been so good to get to know you, and I know we'll see each other again soon, Richard. Thank you, my friend. I look forward to it. Thank you, Bob Aram, for being a guest on our radio show today. Thank you. Goodbye. That's Bob Aram, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, B-H-A-V-A-R-A-M is his last name. Feel free to Google him. I would encourage you to pick up his book and read it. It is, um, 
what you heard, it's it's deeper and even more inspiring once you read the, the greater detail of what he had to go through his his personal journey. And hopefully it'll inspire you and your own personal challenges, which we all have from time to time in our careers. Okay, we're going to be back with a wrap-up of Critical Mass Radio Show after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.svnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I was very excited to have Bob Aram, our guest on the radio program, and I hope if you've listened to it, you will refer some friends to the podcast when Crystal Nunley, our wonderful producer, has it up on the site, which will be shortly, probably tonight and tomorrow, you'll be able to find it. Uh, all of our shows are available on iTunes and Stitcher.com. Critical Mass Radio Shows, you can type in my name, Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. You can subscribe and listen to them automatically and get them uh, through any of those music services, you know, as well as Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Um, one of the other things that I would like to ask you is if you... If you are listening to us as podcasts and you're getting us through one of those services, if you wouldn't mind being so kind as to go in and write a recommendation, a review of our show, that greatly enhances our visibility to others who may benefit as well from the content of the radio shows. Uh, we're, we're very appreciative of those of you that have already gone in to support us on iTunes and and uh, Stitcher, and we just would ask a favor if you find this valuable. We're not asking for any type of donation. We're just asking for a little bit of your time and effort to pay it forward and uh, tell some friends about it as well. And also, if you would write those reviews, that that will greatly make my marketing effort to expand our reach even easier because we'll turn Apple and others into allies to help promote us, as Podbean did last year when they put us as a featured podcast of all their podcasts for the month of October, uh, Critical Mass Radio Shows was a featured 
uh, podcast, and that really helped to expand our reach as well. So we're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen. Collaboration is the key to success, and if you would be so kind as to be an advocate for our program, um, many good things back to you, of course. So if you know someone that might be a great radio show guest, you ought to let me know who they are. Maybe you would like to be an advertiser on this platform to reach our audience of CEOs of middle market companies. If you would, then you should contact our VP of sales, none other than Rose Chamora, and her phone number. You can directly call her. She's probably waiting for your phone call right now, 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. And if you'd like to uh, nominate a guest, just go to the Critical Mass for Business website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. You'll see a contact page. Send it to info. You can, and my website, my email's on there as well. You can send it directly to me. Uh, Crystal Nunley, as I said earlier, our producer, would be in touch with the guest. We want to make the guest experience here on a radio show as powerful and positive as possible. And you, our listening audience, benefit because you hear, hopefully, thoughtful interviews with interesting guests. I'm going to thank our engineer for today's show, Paul Roberts. I'm also going to thank Crystal Nunley, who's here in the studio, helping to shepherd our guests and develop the content. Kathleen Shepard is our guest coordinator, and Asia Celestino is our marketing strategist. Our social media manager is Melissa Padani, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. This show would not be possible without our advertisers, so a big shout-out and thank you to Brandman University, where we host our final Fridays Live, which is the last Friday of each month. And this month on the 27th of June, we're going to be talking about is there an ROI, return on investment, for ethics in business? In other words, does it pay to be ethical uh, beyond just feeling good about it? So if you want to participate, you can come to Brandman University in Irvine, California, uh, lunchtime, 12 o'clock on the 27th of June. And we'll have a panel. We're going to be talking about that. And you can even ask them questions. If you're out of town or on the road or not in Southern California, the show airs live, streams live on octalkradio.net. You can listen to it there, and you can also send us questions, uh, email to Asia Celestino, and we'll tell you how to do that during the live broadcast. So uh, thank you very much to Brandman, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, our longest sponsor, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa, California. I'm your host, Rick Franzi of Critical Mass Radio Show, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 